Minds, a wine-centric podcast where we two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We also explore the stories, the culture, and the history behind the wine and the people. I'm Julie Glenn. And we drink a little wine while we're doing it. I'm Gina Birch. You know, uh, March is Women's History Month, and there's no way that we are going to let it slip by with just a casual mention. So uh, we're taking time all month long to celebrate women of the vine, women in wine, and I have to say they rock. Yeah, they are uh, Wonder Women of Wine, right? Yeah. The wine world is predominantly... Can you say that? Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Women of Wine? Do you have to trademark that? Oh, it says something about one underwear. Wonder Women of <laughs> Wine. Okay. Um, the wine world is predominantly um, a man's world. It has been for you know, centuries. And while that's shifted a bit over the years, it's still kind of the case. Some wineries um, have women here and there in the cellar, in the vineyards, etc., but Sonoma Couture has a team of women winemakers. Joining us today is Z... 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 <laughs> Which she goes by Z, but I'm going to do the whole name. Try it. Do it. You can do it. Zidanelio Arch- Archidiacono. See you know. There you go. Close. Yes. All right. Yeah. So she you put the Italian. Archidi- it, it sounds so great. Archidiacono. Um, she is the uh, Pinot Noir winemaker at Sonoma Couture and also oversees sustainability initiatives. My kind of gal. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, this is exciting. Yeah. So we refer to you as Z. That's what your friends and, and people who are around you so we don't have to like say ten a ten syllable first name. Z. Yeah, but we're just gonna assume we're friends. Yeah. yeah. Well we are friends now. <laughs> we're drinking wine together. Yeah, we, we all like wine. Exactly. exactly. So um you're the Pinot Noir maker, so but you've got like a, a team of women um who Make other great, make the Chardonnay, do other things. So I, I think that's that's pretty cool in how the setup is at Sonoma Couture. Yeah, we we have a great great team, and actually, this working for Sonoma Couture is the first time that I had the opportunity to work with so many women in like different um, aspects. So we have people um, in the vineyard. So Shannon Donnell, it's um, it's the manager of all vineyard operations. We have Myra. She works with production. We have Kara. She's the Chardonnay winemaker, um, and of course, people in the lab. And um, it, it's very rare to see so many women working at the same winery in different roles. I like how you guys kind of split up the roles, like with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. That is not a typical thing that you see in wineries, right? I mean, because that way you can be laser focused on the heartbreak grape, Pinot Noir. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the whole idea um, for Sonoma Couture since the since they started is have full focus in one variety. So the if it started with Chardonnay, of course, um, but then the decision of adding Pinot Noir, but not lose the focus in the Chardonnay, and truly put um, a completely separate focus for Pinot Noir. So we actually produce Chardonnay and Pinot in different facilities within the same state vineyard oh wow so we're fully separated what's the what's the idea to have a all women's team was that something that you think was calculated or did it just happen organically well just i don't it, it's never calculated right. to be calculated it sounds like almost like an evil force was yeah. behind it like saying like okay let's play all the women together women are taking over <laughs> that's what i'm thinking we're gonna have it all women's or it just just happened basically is what you're saying it 
Yeah, and I, I actually I think it's something that needs to be um, encouraged, of course, and Sonoma it's very on to um, supporting diversity and inclusion. So it just happened very organically. Um, and for us, it's extremely important to know that we got the job because we were the best candidates. So that's also um, a key factor, not only um, being in favor of women, but being very um, conscious about making that decision of really encouraging diversity, but giving the job to the best candidate for that role. That totally makes sense. And it's kind of yeah. exciting that you're the best candidate for this. How did you end up becoming a Pinot Noir specialized winemaker? I mean, you came to California from Texas by way of Argentina. Tell us about your uh, life's path. Yes. Yeah, well, I had a had a big journey. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born in Texas, um, but at the age of two and a half, I moved to Argentina. My father was from Argentina. My mother is from Mexico. So I grew up in a very diverse um, family um, with different tastes and um, accents, food. of course. Oh my gosh, the food, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining. I want to eat at her household. <laughs> Coming over for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my father's family was Italian, so that's why I have that last name, Artidiacono. Um, grew up in Mendoza, so a very well-known region um, for wines, great wines, um, great area. So I was surrounded by vineyards and this, it, it became something very natural more when you grew up in a family um, that has that Italian influence, I guess there was always wine on the table, right? So it becomes something very, very natural. And for me, since a very young age, I was um, just fascinated about aromas and using my, my sense just to like smell and see nature and taste nature. So when it came to the point that I needed to decide what I was going to do and winemaking just came because I met a lot of winemakers and I just fall in love with the passion they've shared um, when they talk about their job, actually. So I, I thought, hey, I, I need the same in my life. I just want to be really passionate about what I do. I love smelling things and just um, discerning all um, aspects of, um, in this case, it will be for wine. So I decided to go for it and got my degree in viticulture and enology. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of smell, we have in our glass the oh, yeah. rosé of Pinot yes. Noir. Gosh. Talk about aroma. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... I, I just, does she have some too? Oh, she showed us that. Look at it. It's, yeah. so, it's a beautiful yeah. color. Isn't it? Yeah. So it's really gorgeous. Is Pinot Noir one of the, when they first started doing Pinot Noir, did they start with a rosé as well at the same time or did they add rosé later? We added rosé later. So we have a, a program where winemakers, we have the, um, the opportunity to create new products um, in a very like small amount. So we call this, it's the winemaker selection. Mm. So for the year 2016, um, we came up with the rosé, right? Um, it was, again, a very natural decision because of, first of all, rosé, it's doing great. People ask for rosé, people is learning about rosés. And at this point, I, I guess people became much more knowledgeable about different styles in rosé. 
And um, we found that the style that we wanted to make now it was being appreciated by the consumer. So we didn't hesitate and decided, okay, we're gonna go ahead and just offer what people is asking. We're gonna make a rosé. And since we grow Pinot Noir here in the Russian River Valley, um, and it grows beautifully. We own those vineyards. Um, we decided to use Pinot Noir for our rosé. Do you um, pick these grapes specifically for the rosé, or is it more of a Sagne style? No. So since the early, the first vintage, um, when we started like thinking about, okay, what do we want to achieve here? What is the style for our rosé? Um, and by the way, I also traveled to France, so I had the opportunity to um, work with a rosé winemaker in the southern um, side of France, and I tasted a lot of Provence oh. rosés, and that's how I fall in love mm -hmm. um, with rosé in that style. So I, when this opportunity came up here at Cinema Gautier, I knew um, that was the style of rosé that I wanted to produce. Right. Um, so we picked specifically for Rosé, we selected the blocks um, in our two vineyards, Vine Hill and Owsley, for Rosé. We um, apply all the different um, viticultural techniques out in the vineyards to be able to have more yield, um, higher yield out in those vineyards, a little more shade to protect the acids. So it's something that starts from the beginning to be able to produce this rosé, that it's um, very delicate in the palate. It has the, the beautiful flavors and aromas of Pinot Noir grown in, the, in California in the Russian River Valley, but it also has the um, very elegant, high intensity acid in the palate that makes it very crisp, um, that resembles a little more of an European um, Provence style rosé. What is it about uh, Pinot Noir, sorry, that okay. makes it so well suited for rosé? Because you were talking about the Loire, uh, uh, the Provence, and we've got a lot of Grenache and Syrah in that area, but Pinot's a totally different grape. So, what yeah. is it that lends itself so well to make like beautiful rosés like this one? Well, rosé, you have so many different clones. So, um, we decided to go with a clone that has larger berries. So then you have less concentration of um, coloring material versus your liquid, then we are able to keep acids pretty high. So that's great for a rosé. And let's not forget that there's also sparkling wines, the um, Blanc de Noir, they're made out of Pinot Noir in many cases. So um, I think it just, it lands perfectly to make great quality rosés. And of course it's gonna have um, a different style compared to Provence and other varieties. Um, but I think it, it just works really, really well um, for for rosé. And since we had it, it was like, okay, we're just going to use it, but let's do the techniques. Let's apply the techniques to make this a um, rosé that has a little more, it's a little more elegant, um, but full in the palate as well. That's got to be kind of a tough economic decision for a winery to make. Because Pinot Noir obviously goes for a whole lot more per bottle than a bottle of rosé, no matter where it comes yes. from. Yes. I mean, because yes, I haven't seen and... uh, Romani Conti coming up with a Pinot Noir rosé. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to want to capitalize every single body that they can, uh, every single bottle that they can squeeze out of those vineyards, which are very limited. Yeah. But um, I just, uh, I just think it's really interesting to make that kind of a risk 
because it, mm-hmm. per bottle you're going to have um, less uh, money coming in. So it's definitely got yeah. to be a passion project, I think, for any winery. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, since we have a little more control and we use all of our fruit for our own programs, mm-hmm. um, that decision it was a little easier for us to make mm-hmm. um, versus buying fruit from other um, places. Um, so again, that that was the main reason um, mm-hmm. that we decided to go with Pinot Noir, and of course, it makes a great quality rosé that not everyone has the chance to. Um, go for it so well this is limited limited that. quality I, mean, I know you just you, quantity you, quantity it's, it's quality it's is quality is up thank you for that i mean for, it's like yeah. but this is this it's is not a, limited yeah <laughs> this is a newer project no limit no ceiling no upper level sorry <laughs> that's okay but you said it's a newer project um and the and the quantity is still pretty limited or are you growing it a little bit since more people are are experiencing it is the demand increasing yeah, and, and, and of course, people, it's just barely knowing that we actually make Pinot Noir. So yeah, yeah, um, I still is find so a popular. lot of people um, when I'm, yeah, like pouring out a tasting and they see Sonoma Trayer with our um, yellow, um, very characteristic of Sonoma Trayer, and they come and they see Pinot and they're, they're like very like shocked. What has happened? the fact that we're... <laughs> Yeah, it's like, where's my Chardonnay? <laughs> but um, they they taste it and they just fall in love because we um, have really great Pinot Noirs. Um, so we're still trying to um, communicate to people that we produce also Pinot Noir. And then also we have Rosé. So since Rosé now, it's becoming very, very popular. It's been doing really well and people is enjoying it. But again, it's limited. Um, because people don't recognize maybe Sonoma Couture for the rosé making or Pinot Noir making. Um, so we'll, we'll grow as people demands more. So we've been talking a lot about the rosé, but tell me a little bit about the Pinot Noir program. How many Pinot Noirs do you have on offer and what is the range and availability and style? Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> yes go one two three go <laughs> she asked you a whole so, bunch there or our pinot noirs um <laughs> like whoa okay <laughs> the good thing you didn't give me a time limit so <laughs> so we produce pinot noirs of course and um we grow those grapes as i said before we have two main vineyards we have vine hill and ousley both located in the russian river valley so prime region to grow and and make great Pinot Noirs. So from those two vineyards, we have multiple, multiple blocks that will come to the winery and we ferment everything separately. Now our baseline is the one that it gets um, distributed um, nationally is the Russian River Valley Pinot Noir. Um, And that one, it's a blend of multiple blocks from these two vineyards. Then we go up in the scale and we will see the two vineyard designates. So we have one that it comes um, from Vine Hill. So it's the best selection um, for Vine Hill, limited cases, very limited cases. And the other one, it's Ousley, completely different styles. And then we have Founders Reserve that that one, um, I have the flexibility to work with the, the best regardless if it comes from Ousley or Vine Hill or a combination of both to put into that very limited um, 
um, program. So we'll, the top will be founders reserve. Then we have vineyard and vineyard designates Owsley and Vine Hill. And then we have our baseline, which is our Russian River Valley, which is a combination of both. Now the style, I will say for all of them, we really look at the balance of um, the fruit. And when you work with pristine fruit, you don't want to cover that with oak, but we love oak as well. We love barrels and we love what it does to wine, but we're always in harmony. So we look for beautiful integration of the oak with the grapefruit that we're provided um, from the Russian River Valley. So you'll find that all across our wines. Now, what it changes is to me, of course, um, the concentration of the wine and how, how long you're gonna be waiting to drink those wines. So the, the higher up you go, the more concentrated, the bigger the wine is gonna be. Um, we are lucky that we are able to produce um, Pinot Noirs here, they're very elegant, but as well, they have really good complexity in the palate and they are very concentrated. Now, when you go to Russian River Valley, that will be the one that you want to start with. This is a very easy to drink one that I, the best comment that I've always received with that wine is what they expect of a Russian River Valley uh, Pinot Noir they find in that wine. Um, and that's very true to what I'm trying to make, what Sonoma Couture tries to make, and it's just have a very honest representation of the site. So that's what we um, try to do with all of our wines. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, before we let you go, we still have a little more time. Um, I know you lead up the sustainability and the vineyard practices with that as well, which is something that's also very important. Um, your wines are great. We love them. And I, I have not tried that Pinot, but I'm going to start looking for that. I've, I've, I've had a bunch of the, the Chardonnay and I love the, the, the Pinot Noir. Uh, I mean, the uh, Rosé. But the other part of this is you want to take care of the earth as well. And does that really, when, when you're doing those vineyard practices, which are friendly to the environment, do you really taste the difference when it comes out in the bottle? It's a, I truly believe that sustainable grapes make better wine. Um, but I also think that um, sustainability needs to be looked at in a more global um, view. So because sustainability, it's more than just the land. Of course, we take care of our land. Um, that's what it's going to it's going to make us last um, forever, right? So we take a look of our soils, we take a look of our plants, happy plants make really great wine. So we want to keep them happy. Um, so, and it's really nice to go out in the vineyards and see that they're, the, the practices we are implementing are very diligent and knowing that we're doing good for um, our, our earth, right? So, but then you also have the people component that sometimes we forget that it's also in sustainability. How you treat your, um, your people, your group, your employees um, to keep them happy, to keep them engaged, to keep them safe, um, as well as our interaction with the community. And that's very important for us to take a very global look at sustainability. So, here at Sonoma we are um, certified sustainable the vineyards as well as the winery. And now if you take a look at the um, back of the label, um, you will see we're also have the logo because we are certified sustainable. 
So that means that we go every year through a um, external audit that takes a look at all of our processes and what um, are we doing to improve every single year to make, yes, better wine, um, to have a more engaged people um, and to be good to the community that we live in. So to me, that it's extremely important. We have a set team because when we decided to become sustainable and we went for it, I realized that we have so many people here working at Sonoma Gutierrez that are so very interested and passionate about sustainability. So we put together this team, it's called a set team, the sustainability environmental team here at Sonoma Gutierrez that I have the pleasure to co-lead, where we have people from all the different departments because everyone is in charge of sustainability in the winery. So we have people from the purchasing department, we have people from finance, we have people from landscaping, we have people from vineyards, from production, and we all work together in collaboration to take a look at our processes and look for ways that we can um, make it more sustainable and more efficient. So it's it's true passion of me and all my colleagues here. I love it. I love that it that the fingers of sustainability extend into every every aspect of what you're doing at Sonoma Cotrera. I love that, and I also love that the yes, um, it does. the all women team is somewhat intentional but basically the best people for the jobs I, I do love that too right you know what does sonoma Cotrera mean what's behind the name of the winery i mean sonoma obviously is a place yeah, well, sonoma, what's, right. what's that about <laughs> sonoma is the place right? right so we had to um have the place in our name and Cotrera, it was the maiden name of the um first owner's mother so he had to come up with a name very quickly when he went in and signed all the papers and he decided, okay, Sonoma Couture sounds great. So he went <laughs> like for it. it. It's like us coming up with passwords every 90 days when they <laughs> expire, you know? <laughs> you got to think quick and you have to remember it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. neither one of those well, are too easy for me right now. <laughs> well, you're not going to forget your mother-in-law's maiden name. Or your, you better your, not. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Those are important things to remember. Right. I've got to say, it's been so much fun talking with you to hear about not only your life story, but then the story of the rosé wine and how it came to be and how it how it is created and crafted and also the sustainability angle. Too. I just have really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. And, I, and I'm greatly enjoying the wine, so I think we need to hit yeah, pause no and get a cheese board or something and, and finish yeah. this, this beautiful rosé. Thank you, sure. Z, so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to have a wine talk in the middle of the day. It's, right. it's just it's amazing. It, it makes it makes my day even better. This is so, why we do the podcast. So we do the podcast as an excuse to get together and talk about <laughs> wine in the middle of the day. In the middle I, of the day. So we've got to look for the Sonoma Couture Pinot Noir now too. Yeah, I got to look. That's distributed pretty widely, right? Yeah. So you'll be able to find the Russian River Valley. Um, and then if you want to have access to our more exclusive wines, um, you can go online. So go to cinemagotrader.com and you can order some wine. All right. Well, which is always nice, especially as we're all still working our way through this pandemic, you know? Oh, yeah. Have it delivered to your door. Love it. Nothing like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Great Minds theme music is from the band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To 
by Cole Porter. To get in touch with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thanks for listening. Chilled by the winter Under an August moon burning above